0: Stop Googling and start listening for the love of wellness. With over 50 years in women's wellness, hosts Sam Leeson and Laurel Crossley, along with a weekly special guest, will explore gaps and issues within the women's wellness industry. If you're passionate about topics affecting women's health, such as sleep, grief, body image, and much more, then please stay tuned. Taking care of business. Now imagine you're running a business and you're a mom and trying to balance motherhood, running a business, being an entrepreneur. I know what that's like because I've done it with both my kids, had a business. It is hard. Well, on today's episode, Leanne Ken of Mamas & Co. will be sharing with us some strategies and supports that she offers to help support mothers who are running a business. So please stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by littlewellnesscompany.ca.
1: I want to welcome Leanne Kim, owner of Mamas & Co., to the show to talk to us today about being a woman, being an entrepreneur, and balancing all of life's life stuff. Welcome, Leanne. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. Great. So tell us, what is Mamas & Co.? How did it get started? And uh, what's your journey kind of been like? Sure. So I started this
2: community uh, about seven and a half years ago. I had just kind of finished having my kids. And I, at the time, I had a little side hustle business that I was looking to grow. And I found it really hard to meet other women that had the same challenges I did, specifically, you know, the challenge of juggling motherhood and business. Mm -hmm. I wanted to learn a ton about business, but I kind of also wanted to fast track. So I just wanted to surround myself with other women that were like me on this journey. And so we started doing meetups here in East Toronto, where I live, and that blossomed into this beautiful online community uh, we have members all over North America and beyond. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really become something that I'm extremely proud of. It's a community of, of women like no other. I really, I, I've been in a lot of communities and uh, I've run a lot of communities, but I, I feel like we have something very special at Mamas & Co.
0: So I've been a mom and an entrepreneur for about almost 30 years. Wow. So before children, during children- After the birth, during the birth, I was running a business and it's really hard to balance motherhood with business. And the other funny thing, and you let me know what you think about this is oftentimes the people that I was meeting were not serious about their business. You know, they were kind of doing it. They're kind of, as my dad would say, who is an entrepreneur. Um, They're playing at it. They Mm. weren't really looking at it as a really viable, important um, business opportunity that was there. They were kind of doing it where their kids were off. And then there seems to be a mass exodus of women that leave entrepreneurship or running a business to go back to work once their Mm. kids get to be a certain age. Do you still find that that's prevalent today? Like this was a few
2: years ago. It's so funny you mentioned that because I feel like my community is the space where that transition takes place. A lot of women will say, I'm realizing I'm treating my business like a hobby. It's time to get serious. I need Leanne Kim. And so (laughs) like, I I truly, I I wear that as a badge of honor because I, those are the ones I love to coach. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having hobbies. Hobbies are great. Hobbies are fulfilling, but it's something very different when your business is needed to pay the bills. And the majority of the women I coach, it is not an option for them to not have a job. It's not an option for them to not be an earner in their family. But I think the struggle is how can I be contributing to the family income while also feeling personally fulfilled? Mm -hmm. And I think that's why we're seeing so many women leave traditional jobs in, in favor of self-employment because it allows us to sort of have the best of both worlds. We look, you and I both know, all of the house, a lot of the household duties, a lot of the family stuff is going to get dumped on us. So, if that's the case, then we might as well set ourselves up for success with things like a flexible schedule and work from anywhere. You know, a lot of the women I coach do have online businesses. So, it's nice to see us taking a little bit of that power back, I think mm-hmm. that we've, you know, for for I mean, for decades, I look at my mom's generation, it was not possible to just start a business from your computer. And now we have that opportunity. So yeah, it's, it's definitely, we're seeing a shift. And I think more and more, we are seeing women who are taking themselves and their businesses seriously, which is, I, I just love it. I love seeing that.
0: I know my dad, his thing, so he was the entrepreneur, but my mom was 50% owner of the business. So, this would have been the 70s to the 80s. Okay. And he, I look at that and I go, wait a minute. How come he gets all, he got all that support? So, I looked at, you know, my business growth versus my f- father's business growth, knowing we were in completely different industries, but my father had the supports. Yeah. From my mother, from the life partner. Mm-hmm. Do you find that now the life partners are getting involved behind the scenes or are we still still pretty much going solo? Sorry, Sam, I'm taking over this conversation. No, no, no. Right no. But, you
1: ha- but I mean, I, ha- I already have an idea a bit about Leanne and what she does. And I, I love that you're asking her questions, pulling this stuff out, because maybe I wouldn't have thought to ask. I
2: coach a lot of people who identify as women yep. and their partners who would yep. identify as men are the person with the stable job. That's the case in our house. I am married to an engineer. He is Korean. He is very logical thinking. He is the opposite of me. I'm like the wild creative that's out there doing my thing. And I think in the beginning, I think he might've thought that this was just kind of a hobby and like, oh, maybe she'll grow out of it. And what we're seeing now also is a lot of these women that stay in the game are starting to earn just as much as their partners and then sometimes surpassing it. So I hear a lot of stories I hear a lot of talk of women saying like, oh, I want to retire my partner. That's not something that I think is necessarily a good idea um, for a lot of reasons. I actually, I I think my husband really likes his job and I think he's really good at it. And so we're just very different in terms of how we approach the work. What I can say that's changed the most is over the years he's seen, now that he works from home and and has for the last two years since COVID, um, he's seen my hustle he sees how focused I am. And in fact, he has to like tiptoe around because I'm on video and I'm doing podcasts and I'm coaching. And so I think there's a new respect for women entrepreneurs that's happening in the home. A lot of the women that I coach go from my partner doesn't get it. He thinks this is kind of a joke to, oh, my partner sees me as an equal finally when it comes to earning or, oh, my partner really respects and supports what I do. And that's one of the most heartwarming shifts that I get to participate in, really.
1: it has gotta be one of the few gifts maybe of COVID is sort of leveling that playing field within the dynamics of home. Because truth be told, it doesn't matter whether you're working for yourself or whether you're working outside the home. Our partner never truly has an appreciation necessarily, nor we of them, of the work that the other person is doing because we don't see it. We're doing our own thing every day and they're doing their own thing. So, I mean, maybe if there's any good to have come out of the last two years in terms of having to work from home, It is that opportunity for them to see one another as a professional, not just as a partner or a co-parent or something like that.
2: Oh, I agree. I agree completely. And I would argue that actually there are quite a few gifts that COVID has given us, even though nobody wants to talk about it. I think there's actually quite a a lot of good that's come out of this kind of, it's it's kind of been this global awakening. One of the things is um, people realizing that life is short. Mm -hmm. and going out and finding, and this is what I'm most passionate about. Everyone thinks I'm like, everyone should quit their jobs. And (laughs) to a certain extent, I'm like, that is the right move for some people. Sure. What I'm really passionate about is I'm passionate about human beings finding meaningful ways to contribute and finding their special sauce and, and, and really like letting their light shine. I know this is, I'm using a bunch of cliches here, but like, too often we're living life as this like endless to do list and we're just kind of getting through the days and i think covid really kind of flipped that and helped us see wait a second like are we are we truly living our lives spending our hours the limited time that we have on this planet are we spending them the way we want to be spending them and i know right. that that's you know for me that's that's something that i discovered i just happened to discover it a few years before covid but i'm seeing more and more women, you know, quit their jobs, find something that's a better fit that's more in alignment with what they really want.
1: Or they were quit, right? Because COVID did that too. Just cut the jobs out. There was the job wasn't there anymore because the business is closed or they couldn't Well and I
2: I would say again, another another gift is like resilience, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm just gonna say if the business what if the business wasn't meant to last, it probably didn't last. Yeah. Like, and, and I say this with all compassion, too, because some, you know, you can be very good at your job and still just not have it work out. You can be very, a very gifted, you know, um, practitioner of your craft and just not have the right setups in place. And I, I think, again, we're, we're seeing that things are shifting. People are moving online. People want to be, I want to I be able to work from anywhere. I love that we're relatively, you know, we're doing this podcast. We're all in three different locations. I love that. So yeah. I don't know. I think, I think we're all pretty jaded by COVID. But I think if we spend the time to look, there's been some wonderful things that have come out of this. And it's and, and you're right. I think in many ways, we're seeing a balancing of the, the gender roles, which is nice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think it's really important. Like entrepreneurship, I think, needs to be taught in schools. Because entrepreneurship isn't necessarily having your own business, it's having that vision of, here's a gap, I want to do something about that gap. has nothing to do with running a business necessarily, but to be able to model that to the kids, I remember my 11-year-old daughter got her babysitting certificate, whatever, maybe she was just about 12. She said, Mom, can you print me off some business cards? And I went, yeah, I can. She goes, Good. I've already targeted who I'm going to go after because I know they're really rich and I know that I want to do babysitting for them. And I went, okay. (laughs) And then she said to me another time, she goes, you know, I don't ever worry about not having a job. I'm, I'm a workaholic just like you and grandpa. And I went, okay, first of all, we got to talk about this workaholic thing. (laughs) (laughs) That isn't what she meant. She meant I can find ways to generate revenue. And my kids, because they saw me, they helped, you know, stuff envelopes or, you know, or answer phones. My daughter was answering the phone at three. Those skills are so important for kids and are part of the resiliency piece, you know, so that when the pandemic hits, they're the ones that are saying, OK, well, I'm taking the lead from parental units and they're able to move and flow and ebb, you know, in accordance to what's going on with them. Do you find that that's happening with the demographic that Mamas & Co. had? Are they talking about what the kids are doing, are modeling? I don't know. <laughs> I,
2: recorded, I just recorded a podcast episode with one of our longtime members who's actually moved up to coaching client with me, and we talked about this. I think what we're realizing, a lot of us female entrepreneurs are realizing that we got a messed up relationship with money for whatever reason. Now that's not the case for everyone, but it's the case for a lot of the women that find me. There's a separation between us and money. And, a, and sometimes it looks like we're chasing money. And other times it looks like we don't feel worthy enough to charge our worth. And it, I mean, it shows up in a myriad of ways. And so I think what's happening, at least in my community, is we are waking up to this and we are doing something about it. At this level, right, right, for our generation, and then as mothers, we're trying to address it early on with our kids. Because I think one of the reasons why we're in this mess is women are not taught to value money. We're taught things like money is bad, and money is private. It's money is an adult subject. It's not for you, right? Mm-hmm. You're not you're not there yet. Don't even it's don't even worry about money. And then what message is that? And and at what point do we become ready to learn about money? Well. For me- most of the women I coach, that never gets discussed. No one ever says, here's how money works. Here's how investing works. Here's how you make it. Like I was a kind of an entrepreneurial kid as well. I loved making money. I mean, I, I went out and got eventually got jobs, but what I loved more was making my own money and having businesses because I knew I could control it. Even mm-hmm. at a young age, I knew that I could make more money doing my thing than working you know, for whatever minimum wage was back then, seven forty-five an hour. Now it's much more, but, you know, in, still, in many ways, you know, a lot of us still have that minimum wage mentality. And so what I, what I really love and what I'm trying to teach my kids is that money is not evil. Money is great. Money can be used for good, but there are things that we need to learn how to manage it. And when my kids get money, which, which they do, they get allowance and they get, you know, gifts and things like that from grandparents They have to save a portion. They have their own bank accounts and we go and we make deposits every couple of months. They make a physical deposit. Uh, They get to donate a portion to charity and usually they're involved in choosing that. And then they get to spend a portion. And what I am really big on right now is that me and my partner do not judge how they spend. So if they choose to buy a toy that we think is dumb and a waste of money, we have to keep that to ourselves because this is how you learn the value, right? We don't learn it from someone else saying, oh, that's worth it or that's not worth it. I can remember my own parents saying, oh, what a waste of money. Well, who's to say, right? So Mm -hmm. I think it's it's about empowering children early on about understanding how money works and and to feel really great about money. Because if we had more women... If we had more women on this planet feeling great about money and not feeling the shame and the guilt and the baggage, just imagine where the human race would be. Yeah. Sorry, I went big with this, but
1: (laughs) no. But but you invited me. (laughs) Laurel has suggested that we should be teaching about entrepreneurship, but I think a, a fundamental piece of teaching that at a young age is teaching the value of money across the board, because the challenges and. And this is something to do partly with the age that I'm at, is that I, I grew up at a time where my dad was a primary breadwinner. And so and, my, and, and interestingly enough, my mom went on to become a CFP, which is just you know. <laughs> so she's and she's all about investments and planning and and stuff like that. And she knew the value of money, but I don't think that it was generationally speaking, many people were taught to value it. We we would teach our boys about it, but we wouldn't teach our girls about it. And those assigned female at birth, they had just it, it, the the dichotomy is huge, right? And and it is and it's. I, I don't know how fast that's changing because the people who are doing the instructing at this point are still uh, often of that mindset because they're more our age than they are younger and more experienced. In By the time I'm, my, when my kids were born, I had to work. I had to help support the family. There wasn't a question of one of us staying home full-time and the other working. We both had to contribute to the family pot. So I think that the thought process maybe would be different, but it's just, it's, we're not teaching it. We're not teaching it. So it's not ingrained from a young age, generally speaking, I don't think. And I will add, like, there's lots of things
2: that we're not teaching, you know, our young girls, but this is the one that has the biggest impact. That's, that's the problem that I see because, you know, who's making all the decisions for us. Mm -hmm. Typically speaking across the globe, it's older white men. are making all the decisions the most important decisions in the world where does that come from money if you if you trace that back so if i think if we can address this issue and if we can empower our young girls to um grow up to be you know people who can do good in the world and people who can who have agency over money i think we're going to see a vastly different i hope to god that our children see a vastly different world than the one that we are living in right now certainly Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. And it's the belief when, you know, your daughter comes to you and says, I really want to do this. Okay, let's see how we can make it happen. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't matter if it's never been conceived before. What I love about kids is their ability to look at things through through an untarnished lens. Mm hmm. You know, so our girls, when you talk to them, they, they are open-hearted and they're, you know, they're open-minded and they're, you know, sharing this. I'm generalizing here, but, you know, but kids on a whole are, are this way. And so if we can keep sort of following them, you know, and just saying, okay, okay, try that, okay. Mm. You know, instead of invading and saying, no, go this way, go this way. Just allow them to be who they are. I think mm-hmm. kids come here fully equipped. They don't need to learn anything, really. But it's our job to really help open the doors for, for our young people. Entrepreneurship, financial, all of those doors. If there's mm-hmm. a curiosity, ask.
2: I would like to know about your book. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> So I just happen to have a copy right here. Wow! <laughs> and what's uh, so it called? <laughs> it's called Building a Joyful Business. Love it! And I wrote this because there's so many. First of all, there's not enough business books written by women. And when we launched it, I was an Amazon bestseller that day in the business category, and I beat out Elon Musk that day. So there you Holla have it. Frickin' Luya. Yeah. there you go. <laughs> so. There's a lot of books written about how to make more money and how to have happy customers. But what no one's talking about is is that a lot of us get into this we we start our own businesses essentially because we want a better life. We want a higher quality of life. And then before you know it, we've built this prison where we're chained to our computer and we feel like the hours are no longer ours and our customers are calling all the shots and and we start resenting it and, and hating going into work every day. And I've seen this happen more often than not. And it, it comes under the, the guise of things like burnout, mm-hmm. right? You don't You never hear about men talking about burnout, but you hear about all these women talking about burnout. Why? Because they didn't set themselves up correctly, right? They got in it for the right reasons, but somewhere along the way, things got away from them. And after coaching literally thousands of amazing women, I just said, this has to stop. And it was actually COVID, the early days of COVID, I was coaching a bunch of women in their businesses. And as soon as COVID hit, all of my coaching calls were these panicked calls of like, oh my God, I'm going to lose it. Oh my God, this business isn't working. You know, all of this, it was just very heavy. And I realized, wait a second, wait a second, we have to be doing things differently. And people shouldn't have have to wait till they get to the point where they can afford a business coach to build this the right way. So I thought if we could build a joyful business from day one, yes, it's also going to be profitable because that's joyful. You can't, you can't be broke and have no clue how much money you have. And then also feel like it's joyful. You have to have both. So in the book, I talk about, you know, joyful customers. I talk about the money side of things. I talk about your schedule, right? Setting your days up to feel how you want them to feel. Because again, like how, wh- why is it that we get into business and then all of a sudden we're doing things the way we feel like we have to do it, right? It's ours. We get to mm-hmm. decide. So, you know, I just, I, and I, in the book, I have a series of, for every chapter, there's a series of questions. And I really think these are the questions we should be asking ourselves as entrepreneurs as women looking to make a difference in the world, raising children, we gotta be looking at these things more closely. So it's really, um, I call it like your guide to writing a joyful business plan. If you wanna kind of get it on all on paper, There's prompts, there's a downloadable workbook that goes with it so that you can do the exercises as you move through the book. And, um, you know, people that have read it have told me it's been a game changer for them. So, yeah, I'm really proud of it. And I'd love to offer your listeners a free copy of it. Oh, that'd be great. Thank you. How would they do that? It's our first promotion it's our Yay! first promotion. Movie. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, well, I, I am so honored. The book will be free. You just have to pay a nominal shipping fee, but it's free to you and it will be shipped directly to their door. So they go to leannekim.com slash book, and then use the promo code BBB free. So B- three B's and free all capitals and they'll get the free book sent to them. Um, and they just have to pay the shipping. So I hope that your listeners go and, and do that. Anyone who's either, if you've started a business, if you're thinking of starting a business, it's really not too early to start to look at these things. And uh, and I think you'll really, I've had people who don't even have businesses say that it helped them get clear on what they wanted to do with their careers and stuff like that. So it's 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 good for helping with all kinds of things. Multi-purpose.
0: Sure. Now is your website, your best way to for people to get in touch with you? Cause we're done. We we don't have, we've run out of time. So That's how okay. can we, how can we get in touch
2: with you? Yeah. So leannekim.com or you can find me on Instagram at leannekimcoach.
1: Perfect. And the, um, if people are writing this, uh, furiously and want to know, um, uh, it's going to be in the show notes as well. So contact information. So Well, thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you for joining us. It's really been eye-opening and educational as always. I hope you have a fabulous day. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to the Boobs, Bods and Brains podcast. If you would like to learn more about us or our past episodes, then check us out on Instagram. Click the link in our bio to visit our website to learn more about sponsorship opportunities. We are always excited to have you offer different show topic ideas If you have a suggestion, reach out via Instagram or our website. And as always, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Boobs, Bods, and Brains podcast and invite all of the women you know.